I feel like when you have been a streamer for a while or when I don't know when this started for me, but it's like it it alters the way that you think kind of mm -hmm. in the way that I know that bigger number is better. Yeah. Right. Like the the numbers go up and everybody's happy and you get more money and therefore right. you want the numbers to keep going up. Um, But I think it also it has kind of tempered my desire for that mm -hmm. as I've seen how those people are treated as well yeah. you know like it's it's also like the more success you have the more viewership you have the more everyone's eyes are on everything that you do yeah. and to me that's also pretty stressful you know or i just like i said i am just purely a video gamer that i just want to get on my computer and play video games and yeah. then i want to turn off my computer and like go do other stuff yeah Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come share their stories, experience, and advice. And today, I am super excited. I have one of the OGs. I have ammunition. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, of course. All right. So what we do is we get things started with three random questions just to get the, the juices going. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. All right. Best thing about where you live? Um, the weather. Okay. I would say is number one. Yeah. All right. Second question. If you could sit down with anybody in history, who would you like to sit down with and have a, a coffee with? That's a tough one, man. That's like you went from what is what's nice about where you <laughs> live to like, hello, let us dig into your well, you're most just so deep like, desires. I think I saw one of your tattoos is based off of Oscar Wilde book. And another one's off mm -hmm. of a, a Russian literature. You do music. You're just like, I, this could be, just, I'm really interested to see who you say. I, I don't know, man. That's tough. I feel like if there was someone that I just wanted to like hang out with, yeah. you know, like not any deep, like political, right. you know whatever but just like to hang out with i would love to have been able to meet freddie mercury oh yeah that'd probably be my number one that i can think of off the top of my head but that, that was a great movie by the way they did on his, his story i didn't watch it no um i know i like it's kind of on my list of things that i was gonna like maybe watch i heard that it was really good yeah um i don't know why i think when there's um things that are like biopics yeah and like recreations of real situations and real stories, I think I tend to have a bit of hesitation toward content of that type. And yeah. I, I'm not really sure why. Okay. Um, I think I'm like not sure how much of it is going to be faithful to the original versus how much of it's going to be like sensationalized yeah. for media's sake, you know, um, which distorts kind of the story a bit. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. All right. Third question. What was the last book you read or listened to? Um, so I'm, I'm currently listening to, um, Thrawn Alliances, oh, which, good. yeah, this is probably my third time, I think, listening to it. It's just yep. easy to have when I walk my dog. I just like listen yeah. to audiobooks. Um, and then I am also reading, um, the very first in the New Jedi Order series, um, which the title of it is escaping me. Vector Prime. Yeah. I haven't jumped into that series. I'm just doing the um, Rogue Squadron book right now. 
Oh, That's nice. That's not too yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm... I've always been really big on um, audiobooks, yeah. but the audiobooks for the New Jedi Order series are abridged, okay. and so I'm... I, I have a, a hatred toward abridged books, so... Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm reading them on my Kindle while I'm listening oh, okay. to other things on my audiobooks. That the one thing I love about the Star Wars audiobooks is the music and the sound effects they have built into it and all the background noises. It just makes it so yeah. much more immers- immersive. Yeah, it's like I'm like listening to a movie kind yeah. of but with more more detail and yeah. yeah. Now, have Great. you have you read or listened to the Ahsoka one? Uh yes, I have. That was good. Mm-hmm. I like that her story. It was really well done. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's um there's also a, a Leia um book that was also really well done. Yeah. And Leia's like one of my favorite characters outside of the movies. Like yeah. I, I I mean, the movies obviously have their like special place in my heart, but I personally am like a huge fan of the books yeah. even more because there's just so much more content and mm-hmm. you can get so much more into the characters than you can in some of the movies. And, yeah. Uh. You know, I feel like Leia didn't get explored enough in the movies, so um, the books are really awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I I loved the um, Heir to the Empire series, series which mm-hmm. they sort of canceled or they sort of shelved that when they, you know, I guess, Disney took over and went the whole different way. But, you know, I think Thrawn yeah. was introduced there, and I'm glad to see they carried him over. Cause... This is actually a bust right here. Oh, yeah. Thrawn. He's yep. my favorite character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, yeah. all of Star Wars, he's my favorite character. Yeah, I like the the series where um, where it's him and Darth Vader sort of on a mission together and whatnot, and, and yeah, that's what I'm listening to right yeah. now. Alliances. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, I like. I yeah. just yeah, it's such a cool, cool story, cool uh, storyline. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, what does a normal day look like for you? Um. How much detail do you want? Oh, well, do you just, just want, you know, like... an average day. Just you know, you wake up, have some coffee, uh, take the dogs out. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I normally wake up probably around like six thirty or seven. Um, I walk my dog. I have a dog, a, a German Shepherd named Rhea, and then I make breakfast. Um, and then I stream, and I usually stream in the mornings. Yeah. Um, for about like five hours ish. Um, <clears throat> and then my partner and I will go walk the dog again. Sometimes we play some games off stream. Yeah. I'll do other work at my desk or whatever, and we have dinner, and that's kind of it. Cool. All right. So where did video games start for you? I started playing, uh, I think my the first video game I remember playing was Super Mario Brothers yeah. uh, for the Super Nintendo. I was seven. And we had, my mom actually owned a store where she sold... Uh, wedding gowns and like other like bridesmaids dresses yep. and that kind of stuff. So she had a back room where she would pick us up from school and then we would just my brother and my sister and I would hang out there and we would just play and do our homework and stuff while she yep. was working. Um, and then my first FPS game was Goldeneye. Yeah. And that and uh, to rock Dinosaur Hunter. Oh God, FPS yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And. And so then, you know, when where did the transition from console to PC happen? Was that early or later in life? That was much later, yeah. I grew up and in high school was playing a lot of uh, Halo. Yeah. It was a big one for me. Um, like Halo 2, Halo 3. I actually competed at one of the old school, like, MLG tournaments 
um, which like we didn't do very well, but yeah, that was a fun experience. And then I went to college. I didn't really play a lot of video games while I was in college because I was working multiple jobs yeah. on top of being a full-time student. Um, and so then when I got out of college, I finally had some like kind of disposable income and I built my first PC right before I kind of started streaming. Oh, nice. Cool. And now what did you do before you hit that go live button? What was, you know, what did you do in college and after college? Um, well, I went to school and got a, a graphic design degree. Yeah. And um, then I was working at a company doing like UI, UX and other graphic design stuff for them. But Yeah. And then I, I would watch streams while I was working. And that's kind of how I got introduced to Twitch. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then over the years, what are what have been some of your favorite games that stick out for you? Uh, since I've been streaming? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I've kind of gone through phases in yeah. my in my stream. You know, I've been streaming for this is going to be my ninth year. Wow. Um, and I actually started as a Minecraft streamer. That no was way, my, really? Yeah, like all I played was Minecraft. And yep. that was one of the reasons that I started streaming was because um, I had some coworkers that were, they were making a, a modded Minecraft server yeah. and I had never played Minecraft before. And so I started watching Twitch streamers who were playing modded Minecraft so that I could like understand what it was. Yeah. Um, and then I started streaming. So I was only playing Minecraft. And so I went from like the very general overview, which like I've played hundreds of games on my stream yeah. over the year over the years but um it was like minecraft into skyrim yeah and then grand theft auto 5 uh h1z1 PUBG, rainbow six overwatch i think i might have flipped those it might have been overwatch and then rainbow six but yeah. i can't remember um and then tarkov have been like the kind of big games yeah. for me over the years Okay. Yeah, Minecraft is a special game. Like, it's been through our family. You know, my son, we had birthday parties where we had, like, eight computers set up around the table and cool. all his friends. And and then, you know, a funny story I like to share is, you know, we had my son, his friends playing. Some of the parents were playing. on. You know, we had a private server going. And, one, and my son at the time, I think it was, like, eight or nine, we had a call from our neighbor. Yeah, there's something about your, you know, Ethan is my son. And Ryan, they blew up. Brooke's house and Brooke is their daughter. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, what? Yeah, so that's, they got some TNT and, that's you know, funny. it was funny. Minecraft is like a, we had like a Lord of the Flies experience where everything was yeah. so happy at first and like, oh, do you need this diamond yeah. pickaxe? And then slowly it was like, yeah, Ethan, I think I saw Brooke in your house and I think she took some stuff. And next, you know, people are building traps yeah. and it's like, oh, it's such a, such a <laughs> yeah, wild, wild story. Yeah, Minecraft is really one of those like, unique games it's like just there's nothing like it especially yep. when you start getting into modded minecraft and all the possibilities that are there it's just there's nothing like minecraft yeah absolutely so now when it came to streaming did you back end that with youtube's content right away or did the youtube stuff come a little later that came later um and even i feel like that's been one of the main things that i've struggled with as a content creator is like I don't put out consistent YouTube content and I know yeah. that I should. Um, I have been like mega cursed with editors for some reason. Oh, I don't no. know why I like have an editor for 
like six months and then they will get hired by an org and so then they don't want to do like content creator stuff anymore and then i'll have another editor for like five months and then this you know they'll start working somewhere else and then it's just it's i cannot find a consistent person so it's been a struggle well, and, and, you know, with so much going on, it's it's a tough balance even to try to do edit your own stuff. You know, there's not enough time I used in a to, day. Yeah. yeah. I like I like video editing a lot, um, but I just, you can't, like, with how, and it, first it was, you know, when I was streaming for, you know, six hours, eight hours a day, and yeah. then I would stay up until, like, three or four in the morning editing my own videos. Yeah. Um, but that's just not, it's not something that you can do for years at a time you know like you just burn out on that super fast yeah so and now it's like i i am just like the worst at this because it's so overwhelming to me how it's like i'm expected to stream for you know six hours a day yeah multiple days a week i'm also expected to put out youtube videos youtube shorts instagram posts instagram stories instagram reels tiktok um Twitch is like talking about doing something that might be similar to like shorts or like short form content, you know, like that. I've got to put up Twitter posts. It's just like, I don't know how anyone does that without a team of like 19 people behind them, you know? Yeah. Um, It's just a lot. It is. And and it's, it's so much more like people think, oh, you're just playing video games on stream, but it's so much more than that. Like you were just saying all these things you got to try to balance your brand, your social media pieces of it, and just, you know, trying to stay consistent and, and, and relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. And for me, it's always been tough because I just don't, I'm, it's funny because I, I mean, maybe it's not funny, but just like not in a, I'm not a person who really enjoys social media in general. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of walked myself into a job where it like relies on social media. And yeah. I mean, like before I started streaming, I didn't even use Twitter. I yeah. barely used Instagram. I still don't really use it. Um, I don't even, I have a TikTok account and I have an editor who posts videos. I yeah. don't have TikTok on my phone. Um, I don't look at it. So yeah, I, it's one of my big weaknesses, I think, as, yeah. a, as a content creator. As a human being, it's probably good for me, you know, to not use social media as much, yes. but it, it's just tough for your job when it requires it. Well, yeah, like you said, you know, you're you're a, a content creator. You've got to be on these things and it's like, oh, God, yeah. I don't want to go on there. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like I don't even like using my phone very much other than to, um, you know, listen to audiobooks and yeah. message my family. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Oh, so. shoot. Now, you know, since you've been doing this for so long, what have been some of the hardest things about being a content creator for you um well that's that's the big one you know and i've seen i talked about this recently because a a twitchcon was just in october yeah um and this was the first twitchcon that i really felt out of place i've been to every na based twitchcon since they started since the very first one and i think because we had like two years where there wasn't a TwitchCon due to COVID. Yeah. The and Twitch as a website, as a service, like blew up in that time. Right. Um, but it also changed a lot. And I think it's gone a lot from and it's gone a lot from video game based content to kind of everything. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying that in the way that's like I know that sometimes people will be like, Oh, this used you know, this website used to be about video games and now it's hot tubs and whatever. Yeah. And I I appreciate 
that we get a, a huge variety of content now. And I like that it's not just video gaming stuff, even though like I'm, I'm primarily a video gamer. Like I, I just want to get on my computer and play video games yeah. and I, that's it. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I've seen the shift from video games into like IRL content. Right. And I think a lot of being a successful content creator these days is not only being an entertaining person on stream, but it's also who you know. It's yeah. really turned into who you know and who you can be friends with um, and who you can collaborate with. Yeah. And I think that makes it very hard for people to kind of, I mean, it, it's like really impossible now to break into streaming. It's yeah. very difficult, um, like very, very difficult. And that's been tough for me because I, and I talked about this. I don't, do you know Dr. K? It's funny you bring because, that up. So, I yeah. had uh, Veritas on the pod a while ago, and we were talking about, you know, a big part of his pod was, I you know, getting the, talking about the mental health aspect of being a content yeah. creator. And he told me about your video, and he said it was one of the best videos he'd ever seen. So I watched it. I was like, holy crap, this is, you know, did you know what you were getting into when you hopped on that video? No. I I mean, I was, I knew, you know, obviously what type of content he did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people that they said, you know, I watched your video with Dr. K and a lot of that resonated with me, um, <laughs> which is great. But it also like if you watch the video, the whole point is like, great. So you feel the same way. I feel the same way. There's lots of people who feel the same way, but literally nothing changes. Like we all still have the same struggles with like our interpersonal relations yeah. with each other. And it's. And with streaming, that that's really, really complicated. Um, and I run into the situation a lot where I go to parties and I go to events with people who are, you know, the upper echelon of Twitch and YouTube content creators, and yeah. that kind of thing. And they know who I am. And they, I feel like I consistently have this experience where they respect me because they know that I'm someone who has been around for a long time. Yeah. But we're not friends, really. Like, yeah. they're friendly with me. But I'm not the person that they come to to like hang out with, yeah. you know. And I think the going back to your question, that's one of the things that I've really struggled with as a streamer is that when like for example, Fortnite started to get really popular when they added their battle royale, yeah. Um, and a lot of people's careers were kind of kickstarted by Fortnite. Yeah, I hate Fortnite. I don't like it. It's not a good, like, it's not a fun game for me to play. Yeah. And I will not sit here for six hours a day and force myself to try and create content around a game that I don't like. Right. Same thing happened with Among Us. You know, Among Us was huge yeah. and it was really good for people like collaborating. And I'm, a, and I was like, I know that it would be good for me to try to get into these like lobbies with people to yeah. try and play Among Us because that's where all the viewership is right now. But I hate it. It's so boring and you're all just yelling at each other and lying and it's just like, yeah. I don't I don't want to do that. That doesn't I don't feel like I'm playing a video game, you know? Yeah. It's like this weird kind of point and click adventure that's not really that engaging yeah. to me personally. Um and so that's been one of the things that I've really struggled with is like I can't I just don't get into the same games that are that seem to be really wildly popular on Twitch, you yeah. know, Valorant. I couldn't get into Valorant. I tried. It's just not it's just not for me. Yeah. Um, and I think probably my my career and my life would have taken a different trajectory if I was good at 
forcing myself to do that or if I was just genuinely interested in those yeah. games. But I just, I'm just not. So. But your advantage right now is because you've put in those years, you have your community around you. You don't, you don't have to jump in and play those games. You can play the games that you enjoy and people can enjoy watching you have fun on stream. Um, yes and no. I think that there is, like, I have a consistent group of people that I can count on who will be there, you know, most days when I'm streaming. Yeah. Um, but in order to try to grow, um, I think you sometimes do have to step outside of your comfort zone a little yeah. bit. And I don't know. I've I've just really struggled to do that. And the thing is, for me, is that I just, I am, I'm fine with kind of maintaining where I am. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of just like constant growth is like, I don't know how I, you can maintain that, you know, like just yeah. constantly growing your channel, constant, constant, constant. Like it, it has to plateau at some point. And yeah. I think you have to kind of be happy with what you have. And I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in this weird balance between I want to try to do more to grow. Yeah. But I also am kind of happy with where I am for yeah. a lot of different reasons. Um, that There's nothing wrong with that, though. That's like, you know, people who have that nine to five job. They yeah. get that position. They work to a point where they're comfortable. I, I like, you know, a work life balance is good for them. And that's where they stay until, you know, until they can retire or whatnot. So, like you said, you you getting that constant growth, like you said, you plateau. But as long as you're happy in that plateau and you're able to sustain what you're doing and, and be happy, that's 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 important. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the past like three years especially has been a lot of um, trying to figure out what makes my mental health the best yeah. because it's different for everyone yeah. you know not everybody's gonna have the same path to finding what's gonna make them comfortable and sometimes you know i i have that i feel like when you have been a streamer for a while or when i don't know when this started for me but it's like it it alters the way that you think kind of mm -hmm. in the way that i know that bigger number is better yeah right like the the numbers go up and everybody's happy and you get more money and therefore right. you want the numbers to keep going up. Um, but I think it also, it has kind of tempered my desire for that mm -hmm. as I've seen how those people are treated as well. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's also like the more success you have, the more viewership you have, the more everyone's eyes are on everything that you do. Yeah. And to me, that's also pretty stressful, you know, or I just... Like I said, I am just purely a video gamer that I just want to get on my computer and play video games, and yep. then I want to turn off my computer and like go do other stuff. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a tough thing because, like you said, you just want to play video games, but there's so much more you got to do around it to maintain yeah. that level. And it's yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing, especially for people trying you know trying to break into it or start out. You know, the discoverability. Making sure they're everywhere, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, and things like yeah. that. It's it's not an easy thing to jump into. No, no, and especially when like so many people are trying to do it as well yeah. now. Yeah. So. And now you know, let's you know, happy place. Let's you know, what have been some of your highlights since you you know I saw that on your promo reel you were on stage with Tony Hawk. That was like 
That's yeah, so that cool. was cool. Yeah, yeah, he's like one of my heroes. Yeah, and I mean, what? Who among us did not grow up playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Oh, yeah. You know, like that's so. Um, so yeah, I was really excited when they asked me if I would do the uh, introduction for him. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I got to go to the White House, uh, which was no way wild. Yeah, they were doing like um. They were doing a promotion while Obama was still in office for um, the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. They were trying to get like young kids to kind of understand what that was, and so they brought like some video gamers to yeah. the White House. Um, so that was cool. That was my first time going to Washington D.C. Um, I got to meet Michelle Obama, which Holy was very cow. cool. Yeah, she um, she does this like event to bring um attention to kids that are like going to college or like encouraging them to go yeah. to college and like higher pursue higher education so it was like me and ninja oh, and then wow. some like twitch staff that went um and yeah that was really cool and then of course i i met my um partner who i've been with now for four years five yeah. years going on five years uh through uh, Rainbow Six. So. Oh no way! And that that was only the only reason. Like we we talk about this all the time, where I'm like the only reason that we met is because I went to um, a tournament in Paris that yeah. I would have if I weren't a streamer, I would have never gone to that, and we would have never met. Oh no so, way! Yeah. Oh, so you so you actually is she from Paris or, or from um, France? She's from France, yeah. and she coaches the um, one of the professional Rainbow Six teams. Oh shoot. Yeah. So at the time she was I think an analyst for mm -hmm. one of the for one of the teams that was at um the Rainbow Six Major in yeah. Paris. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's crazy how time, you know, yeah. things just, you know, things come together and it's just like, oh yeah, you're here, she's there and that's so awesome. Right. Yeah, and how easily like our paths could have just never crossed. Yeah. Oh, totally. So. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah. now, you know, what has been if somebody's going to jump into the space for the first time or they're they're ready to make that move into full time, what advice would you have for them? And it can't be don't do it. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, because it's changed so much. You know, it's easy to to be like, okay, when you if you want to start streaming, you want to have a consistent schedule, you want to do this, you want to do that, you know, but like it's so hard now with um with how many people there are that want to be streamers yeah. that I don't know what, like, I don't know what the good advice is anymore because <laughs> it's just, there's so many people. Um, I think probably the main thing would be to, to try it because you think that you would enjoy it and to yeah. see if you actually enjoy it and not to just be like, I'm going to make, I'm going to become a famous content creator. You right. know, I'm going to be the next shroud. And, um, cause that's how most of us got into it was just because we were like, you know, this seems like it would be fun. Like for me, I was just like, I don't know. I like, I'm going to play Minecraft and I'm yeah. going to talk to people at the same time. And that sounds fun yeah. for my, you know, evenings. And then it kind of spiraled out of control. So, um, <laughs> and so yeah. How hard was it for you to, you know, to, you know, so Minecraft was your main game or even back mm -hmm. then, was there a, such a thing as a main game or a lot of content creators just sort of playing everything? There were some like there was definitely like main games like I think Lyric at that point was doing a lot of the like Arma, um, RP and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and how hard was it for you to make that first jump into a different game out of your comfort zone of Minecraft? 
I think it's more difficult now. Yeah. Um, but back then it was just kind of like, I I was just most of the time when I would switch from like one main game to playing another one, mm -hmm. I would tell people, you know, we're gonna start the stream with my main expect, you know, the game that you expect me to play, and yeah. then I'm gonna switch halfway through. Um, and I mean, even then, you would still lose people because they just don't feel like watching a certain thing. So yeah, that's always been tough. Yeah, like I think I agree with what you say about you know today it's even more tougher for you know main gamers to switch over, and we saw that with the last yeah. Tarkov wipe. It died. It died dropped so rapidly that you had a lot of Tarkov content creators, you know, going out of their comfort zone and playing Fortnite, playing other things. And it was good to see because it, I think it helped a lot of them sort of, you know, get over that, that shock of trying something new and, and seeing that they could, you know, survive by not just playing Tarkov. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to have um, some diversity in your, you know, in your schedule, just, not only for your stream, but also just, you know, for your mental health, it's good to, you know, I took, I took most of the last wipe off. I barely even yeah. played it at all. Um, I just, I wasn't having fun. Right. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to play other stuff. I know that I'm going to take a hit to my viewership, but yeah. I just, I can't do this every day because it's not good for my brain. No, not good for your brain, and and nobody wants to see so nobody wants to watch somebody who's not having fun or not enjoying yeah. themselves. You know, it's right. There's and there's so many other people playing games or whatnot that you know you have a, you know if you're a new streamer trying to get those new viewers and you're you know somebody pops in you're not having fun they're gone in five seconds or ten yeah. seconds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So now since you know you've been doing this for long, you know. What was your Twitch partner story? Today, I th it seems like the how to get partners different than, you know, the early, early years. Yeah. Um, like, was it a big thing for to... you when you got that, you know, Twitch partner? Or was it just like you, it's just be yeah, a lot. I think of... it happened really fast yeah. for me. It was like, I think I got partnered in like a couple months oh, after wow. I started streaming. Yeah. Because back then it was like, they just handed them out like candy. You yeah. Know? Um. Now it's obviously way harder because back then they didn't have like the requirements and things that they have yeah. today. They kind of, it was a much smaller company. And so they were just like, oh, this person seems like a good streamer. So let's just, you know, give them partner. Yeah. Um, and then I went full time about a year after that, I think. Oh, wow. And now when so. you jumped to full time, was it a gradual, um, you know, sort of progression or was it like some, you know, you hit a couple of milestones like I could do this full time. Yeah, I so my sister is a financial advisor. Yeah. Um, and so she is much smarter than me and um is just very good with finance stuff, which I generally am not. Um but I kind of got to the point where I could I knew I could maintain what I had, like I could pay all my bills and I could also save. Yeah. And when I told my family that I was thinking of quitting my full-time job to just only stream and to just stream, you know, because at the time I was working full-time and I would stream like three hours in yeah. the evening after work. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to stream like eight hours a day instead. Um, and right now I'm basically like, I have my full-time income, which is this much. And yeah. then I have my streaming income, which is this much. Yeah. So if I have just a little bit more, you know, and then I just keep, dedicating to that one thing um and my mom really encouraged me to go for it she's always been very supportive yeah and my sister was like if you want to 
um, when you make this transition, you can live with me rent free for like a year. Yeah. And just, you know, dedicate to that. So I had a really supportive family for that yeah. whole situation too. So oh, it worked cool. out really well. And that's, you know, that's a common theme I hear from the successful people who are doing this full time is a great support structure around them, whether it's their spouse or their family. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's really because they're able to focus on being that content creator and not worry about the other stuff. And and it just lets them you know, be successful. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, with anyone and in, in any type of job, having support is um, obviously, you know, there's a reason that it's called support, yeah. you know? Um, and I was really fortunate then and, and now as well that, cause it's always, it's an ever changing job and there's always kind of new hurdles to experience and to figure out how to deal with. And, yeah. um, and yeah. that's, that's something that, you know, is, I, you know, kind of unique for what you do is like, what is the next three years going to be looking like for you? You know, long-term planning, yeah. you really, it's a tough thing to, to try to forecast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been like that since I started. I mean, I've always been like, I don't know what the next year is going to be like. Yeah. And um, I don't really have a plan. I'm just kind of going with it and going yeah. with the flow and doing, you know, doing this as long as I enjoy it. Yeah. And as long as it's, you know, having what feels like a positive and like a net positive impact on yeah. my life, then I'm just going to keep going for it. And one day I will just disappear from the internet <laughs> and I'll be on a farm in Montana with livestock and horses and you'll just never see me again. So. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's my retirement plan. I'll that's just not a bad retirement plan, you know, get away from yeah. people and just, you know, have animals around you and enjoy, enjoy nature. Yep. Oh shoot. Now, do you like the colder weather being from California? No. no, no, I don't. I don't know why I said Montana. That's not a good idea for me. <laughs> Oh shoot! I'm yeah. I'm Southern California, like born and raised. And, yeah. yeah. So now back to that Dr. K, the healthy gamer video that you were on. So how did that come about? Because it was just like, did you? Yeah. Where did that come from? Uh, they just asked me, you know, if I wanted to be on for an yeah. episode, and they asked, you know, what kind of stuff that you would you want to talk about? Yeah. Um. And so I mentioned that you know, like the kind of struggles of being a streamer and establishing friendships is yeah. probably something that a lot of people identify with yeah and yeah I, did, I didn't really have any idea what where the conversation was going to go or anything yeah. like that because it turned it it to me it turned into like a full-on therapy session is what it seemed like and i was like and i thought it was like so good of you to just you know be open and honest and just throw it out there and i thought it, it, it was a really good video to watch yeah i'm glad that it i feel like i still occasionally will get people who come to my chat and they're like i just watched that video you know that was really um, it resonated with me yeah. and I'm like glad to have seen someone else, you know, feels like that. And yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of always been my thing is just honesty. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have anything to hide. Yeah. So, and now when you, you know, when you got off, you're like, holy shit, that was a crazy video or a crazy session or just like, yeah, it was cool. It was, yeah, it was more the latter where I was just like, that was, I mean, I don't feel like I had any like life altering yeah. revelation, you know, it was just, this is what I'm going through. This is kind of what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was good. I that, don't know. I mean, 
good to hear that because I think sometimes it gets, you know, not shunned upon, but just not, it doesn't get talked about a lot. And I think it's, it's a good thing to get out there and get, get people comfortable talking about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to talk about. Um, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's just good to admit, you know, out loud that, yep. you know, like I struggle to make friends and a lot of people do. And yep. especially like the, the older you get, the harder it is because yep. when you're in high school and college, you know, you're around peers all the time. You're mm -hmm. around people of your same age and, and everything. And, and even if you, if you work in an office, you know, you go to the office, you have coworkers and people that you're around. But when you're a streamer, like I go from my bedroom to my office yeah. and there's, I don't have coworkers, you know, I don't have people that are around me and I do have, you know, the people that I'm talking to in chat, but it's not the same. Right. Um, it's not the same as like having a human connection with someone where you can go out somewhere and have dinner or drinks or whatever. Yeah. And you can talk to them about, um, you know, your job without it being, this is okay. So I have this, this like concept, I guess, in my mind, um, which I think I read about somewhere, but I would not be able to tell you the source of it. So maybe someone watching will know. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like if you picture a circle and all the people that are involved with streaming, for example, are mm -hmm. inside of that circle. So that's going to include your viewers, um, people that you play with, your who are like kind of your peers, but they yeah. are part of that. And then outside of that circle is going to be people who are not involved at all with streaming. So this would be people who are friends who don't watch Twitch. Yeah. Right. So they're outside the circle. So if you want to vent or like complain about your job, which is inside the circle, you can't do it to any of those people in that circle because they're all directly affected by what you're saying. Yeah. So you want to complain to the people that are outside the circle. But if you don't have people that are outside that circle... Who do you talk to about it? Right. You know, I can't I can't go to the people that I play games with every day. And I mean, like, there are some things, of course, that you can talk to them about. You know, yeah. if you want to complain about, you know, viewers or whatever, they're going to understand that. Um, but I think you have to be careful about, you know, what you say to people who are yeah. your peers. You know, right. you don't want to step on anyone's toes or like if you got annoyed with someone, the you know, the way that they did something. You can't complain to them about it, really. Yeah. And it's just nice to have someone who's a complete, like, third party outside of the situation who will have more of an objective view on it right. rather than being, you know, in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's something, you know, I, I had, you know, when I talked to Veritas was about is like, you know, you're there if you're not if you don't play with other content creators or other peers and you're eight hours, 10 hours just talking to chat, you don't have that human interaction. And over time, that's just yeah. It's not healthy. But then, yeah. you know, when I talked to Deadly or Markstrom, they had their, their marksman team, which was exactly what you talked about. They had, you know, they were a small group of friends with Cotton and Katie and uh, Monster D-Face that they would, you know, vent to each other. That was that group that they could vent to, peers who would understand. Right. And, you know, like you said, you had people outside the circle who you really, they don't understand the struggles that a content creator go to, but at least having that small group of team, that team that they had was very helpful for them to, you know, and for them, they're still doing it today for, you know, years later. And I think yeah. that was, it was a good thing for them to have. Yeah. I still think that it's like really good for 
you to have someone who doesn't know what streaming is to weigh in on is someone that you trust if they can weigh in on interpersonal conflicts because they have a different because they don't know anything about streaming you know they'll have a different perspective on what's kind of a healthy reaction or not to something which i think that a lot of times we and i find myself doing this where i i will forget sometimes that i'm not on the internet all the time you know and it's like you can't have the same reaction toward someone in person that you might have towards someone when you're on the internet and if you spend all your time on the internet you forget you know like this is not an appropriate human interaction with you know someone who's not on the internet yeah so i think having that outside is is really healthy yeah absolutely all right let's talk video games a little bit you know going too deep on uh you know on life and whatnot so you know rainbow six for you so how did you get hooked into that um i actually started playing it because uh it was a company that was working with ubisoft that wanted to do like sponsors yeah. for they wanted to sponsor people to play rainbow six and i was like i've never played this game before i played uh vegas yeah many years ago but not that's a different beast long. altogether yeah and so they were like I-, I told them you know i'm gonna be terrible <laughs> because i don't know what i'm doing and they were like that's fine you know we want people you know of all skill levels to kind of show you know new players how to get into the game yeah. and stuff like that um and yeah, I was terrible. I was I was very bad. I tried to <laughs> knife the hostage repeatedly, and yeah. So, but it and, was I mean it was fun, and that's it went took off from there. And now, what about six? You know, hooked you into into you know putting so many hours later into it. Um, in some ways, it's a lot like Tarkov in that there's always more to learn, and I think both games have. Like you, you can outplay people by simply having more experience and knowledge than them. And by your experience, you can know, you know, where people are coming from. And um, that was something that drew me in because I, I was, I could feel that I was learning more. And the more that I learned, the more I could outplay my opponents. Okay. And that kind of feeling is addictive, you know. And was that your first jump into a, a ta- any type of tactical shooter? Um, mostly yes. I think that was my first, like the longest I've spent in like a first person shooter, um, besides on console. Okay. And now over the years, you know, do you still go back once in a while to play Rainbow Six again? Yeah. 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 Occasionally. Um, I think the big, the big reason that I don't play it as much right now as I used to is, um, it's that I, I used to be able to jump on Rainbow Six and there was just like a full list of people that were playing that yeah. you could easily find like a stack of five people to play with. And now people have kind of moved on and even if I still want to play, I struggle to find a group of people to play with and it's not a game that I want to play with any less than like three people. So yeah. um, I think I just will, I'll need to like find people and plan in advance in order to play. Yeah, because it's not a game you want to play with randoms. No, no. And even if you play just solo or with two, um, there's like, for people who haven't played, there's like map banning and operator banning and that kind of stuff. You're voting on stuff. And so if you don't have the majority, it can be kind of frustrating. So I think you really have to have a majority of people that are going to be in your group with you to play Rainbow Six. Now, do you think they, is there anything that they could add to, you know, get more people to come back and play? 
Um, I'm not sure at this point. I think, I mean, Rainbow Six is, they're going on year eight now, which is a very long time for, you know, an FPS game like that. Um, And I don't think it's a matter of, like, adding more content to draw in more people. I think that kind of, like, that ship has kind of sailed. Um, I'm not sure. I think, you know, at this point, people are just kind of tired of it. I think the only thing, really, that would bring back, like, a huge, huge amount of people would be if they made, like, you know, a sequel to Rainbow Six, and they just, like, redid something with, like, a whole new engine or something like that that would really modernize it. Um, Because as far as, like, the gameplay and stuff right now, I think the game in general is in a really good spot. Yeah. Except for, you know, dealing with cheaters, which every game has. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think they can just like add more operators and now people are gonna suddenly want to play yeah. Siege again. <clears throat> okay. And now was where did Tarkov fall into play, into that mix of Rainbow Six? Did you leave you know, did you find Tarkov, you know, shortly after Rainbow Six and that sort of was the one that sucked you in? Um, so I was always watching Lupo play yeah while i was just like working at my desk or whatever i had no idea what he was doing he goes through the menu so fast that i was just like i don't know what's happening i don't know what any of this is but i just enjoyed you know having it up in the background yeah um and then i did a charity stream where the final incentive was if we raise i think it was like fifty thousand dollars then i will try tarkov because people kept telling me you know you, you might like Tarkov, you should yeah. try it. And I was just like, I don't want to learn a whole new game. It's complicated. Yeah. I've watched people play it. I understand that it's a complicated game. And so we hit the charity incentive. And so I did start playing Tarkov. And um, Lupo is one of the first people who helped me learn how to play Sigma. Yeah. Uh, there's a spot, <laughs> every time, there's a spot in the interchange garage where when she was sherping me, she laid down because she had to go like do something and she yeah. was like I'll be right back <laughs> so she left me alone and I was walking around and I came back and I said oh there's a guy right here and I shot her in the head while she was laying down and she was yeah. AFK and I realized afterward and she came back and she was like oh I'm dead and I was like oh ah whoops my bad <laughs> so and now every time I pass that spot in the garage I have this like cold wave of just like shame <laughs> that I remember that moment that poor Sigma was just, oh. she was like, I'm just going to Sherpa you, but I guess you'll just shoot me in the head while I'm AFK. Oh, okay. shoot. Yeah, she was one of the first streamers I saw play the game. And I was just like, and, yeah. and actually I just had, I just dropped a pod with Jinji earlier this week and she shared a similar story of how Sigma was, you know, Sherpaing her in the game. And it's just like, there's so many good people in this, in the Tarkov community. And I just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, I think that was also one of the things that drew me in was, like, the willingness of other people to kind of help you along. You know, yeah. they weren't just like, I don't know, figure it out and get good nerd. You know, they yeah. were really like, hey, do you want some help with your tasks? You know, what can we do for you? Yeah. So. Ah. And now what was, you know, so, you know, after that, you know, few games with Sigma and Lupo, what was the hook Tarkov had on you? Uh, it was the same as I mentioned with Siege, you know, yeah. where it was like, the more I learn the better I can be against other people. And that feeling of, like, when you win one of those fights and you know that you won because you just outthought your opponent, um, that's one of my favorite things Yeah, about about both those games. Oh, cool. And now, you know, since you've played so many games on stream over years and been in, you know, have had the different communities come through, you know, what's, what, you know, what are some of the communities that you've, like, are fond of or you know just have been welcoming tarkov i assume is one of those 
Yeah, I think probably, I mean, so when I first started streaming and a lot of my OG viewers came from because I was playing Minecraft. Right. And back then, I feel like the the user base of Twitch was much older. Yeah. Um, Because it was kind of a niche thing. Yeah. And so I think that it's like the OG Minecraft viewers are pretty great. Um, the current Minecraft viewers are pretty young, and yeah. so it can be kind of uh, a different experience that is not super great. Yeah. Um, and then I think Tarkov has kind of stood out to me more. Like, like I said, with people that are just they want to be helpful. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it can be you know it can be toxic, but I think the fact that the player base is older, exactly, you know, is at that and um also hell let loose. Yeah. These guys are so hardcore about that game and they're but they're also like super helpful like yeah. i one of my first games of hell let loose um i i mean you could tell that i was a new player yeah. i don't know what's going on but i know see enemy point click you right. know like that that's the the base thing that you need for that and one of the guys that was like my squad leader or whatever was like nice job you're doing great <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i don't know i'm just pointing and clicking guys i don't know what's happening yeah um so yeah, because that's not an easy game to jump into either. You know, you're just like, what do no. I do? And it's it's you know large maps and whatnot. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And now for you, what was the you know what were some of the harder things to learn about Tarkov? It is a huge, huge learning curve to jump into, and you have no manuals or you know you just got to rely mm -hmm. on a Pastilli video or things like that. Yeah, I think the gun modding um, was the biggest thing for me because I avoided the edit preset menu as long as I possibly could. Yeah. Um, when I first got started and when I first first started playing it was very overwhelming um chat was doing their best to be helpful but it was really stressful because there's like a billion items in Tarkov um yeah. and you don't know what any of them are and so it was like you're just walking around opening toolbox and there's just like a pile of some random ass bolts <laughs> and chat is like pick that up you need that that's really important and you're just like okay I don't I got it yeah. And then it's like, you kill a scab, you're a level four, you kill a scab that has a half mask, and they're like, oh, you're going to need seven of those, you know, or five of those for <laughs> yeah. a task in like 40 levels. And you're just like, where am I supposed to put all this crap? You guys want me to pick up every little thing? Yeah. Because people have been playing the game for years and they know yeah. you're going to need that, you know, brown handled knife. <laughs> you should hold on to those. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, it's too much stuff. It is. It is a lot of stuff to go into. And now, you know, once you got the grasp of it, did you enjoy playing Tarkov more solo or, you know, with the team? I I really only play like with other people. Um, I know that there's like, there's the kind of the debate over, you know, playing solo versus playing with other people. I do think that, you know, people like Willers and, and Landmark, you know, they play solo and yeah. they absolutely frag out um and they're they're great i love watching both of them yeah um i am not that i'm not that good at tarkov you know i i really enjoy tarkov and i have my moments but um i much prefer the fact that i can like walk around with my friends you know yeah. i play a lot with baz and magpie and ames and lupo and it's nice to just be able to like shoot the shit with them yeah in the kind of quiet moments um so it's like the social aspect of it that I really enjoy. And yeah. I don't care if that makes me like less of a hardcore Tarkov player. I just want to have fun with people. And exactly. And I think that's, that's, that's the really unique thing that I've seen with Tarkov is like you, you just mentioned, you know, Baz, Ames, Lupo, 
and everybody sort of plays, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a, a low number streamer count high. It's, it's just a really cool yeah. thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like a really, like a core group of Tarkov streamers, at least that I'm close with that they're all just, I mean, everybody just wants to hang out and yeah. like have fun. And, um, I'm not trying to be world best Tarkov player, you know, I'm not trying to be like the best solo player yeah. or whatever. Um, I do agree that Tarkov is harder for solo players, but I just want to play with my friends. So right. nothing wrong with that. And you have a streamer item in the game. I do. Yeah. They, it's funny because they added it last wipe and I barely played last wipe. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks guys. See you later. Yeah. Uh, now, how did that come about? Did they say, Hey, you know, what would you like? Or here's our idea. Yeah. They, they asked me, you know, do you, if you, if you were going to have like a streamer item, you know, what would it be? And I gave them like three different ideas. Yeah. Um, and then they went with the bear buddy. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And do you have any other games that you have some sort of like, you know, an ammunition hook into? Yeah, I have, um, I, I have something in Dauntless, which I did not play a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I have a flag in Rocket League and I have. My logo is one of the gun charms in Rainbow Six. Oh, very cool. So, yeah. And if Overwatch wants to do, you know, like a mythic Pharah skin featuring your girl ammunition, that'd be pretty sick because <laughs> I play a lot of uh, play a lot of Overwatch, but they don't awesome. have like streamer items in yeah. in Overwatch. Okay. And now you, you last wipe when things sort of, you know, sort of slowed down, you came up with um, Tarkov Recess. Which was, oh, I thought that was so yeah. much fun to watch. Where did that come from? Um, I just wanted to, like, make my own fun in Tarkov. Yeah. And now they've expanded a lot of the co-op options, and so I'll probably want to throw one of those together again. Um, yeah. It's just a lot of coordination, and I'm kind of lazy, so um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, you know, when to do that. But now they've added a lot of options, so that should be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, And it was just, like... You know, I wanted to play Tarkov with my friends and have it be a bit more lighthearted and kind of goofy rather yeah. than, so, you know, it's very serious. Yes. It's a very serious game. So I just oh. wanted to kind of have fun with it. Cool. Yeah, that was that was fun to watch. Love those videos. Yeah. Now, how would you describe the ammunition community? Uh, they're just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think because I kind of, I think, you know, your your community is kind of a reflection of the person streaming and, and not that you're responsible for all of them. You know, I can't control right how people behave, but I think that they are a reflection of me and that a lot of them just like playing video games. You yeah. know, there's there's a wide variety of, of people and different types of gamers, but I think in general it's very video game focused yeah. and yeah. Oh, cool. And now something I've seen since, you know, I, I jumped into this whole podcast thing and, and Tarkov a couple of years ago is the amount of charity that is done by content creators, you know, gamers is, is really cool. Like, yeah. I think you did, you were part of the GCX. Um, yeah, I think I've done that twice. Yeah. Maybe. And the amount of money that's raised for like St. Jude's is just, yeah, across the board. There's it's, I think yeah. it's a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as, as, um, as a PR statement for people who are less fond of video games in general, you yeah. know, and also just because, you know, it's good for the world for us to help each other. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. 
And then I saw the, uh, you know, this past TwitchCon, like you said, you were there and it looked, they, I watched your summary video and it looked like you had a packed schedule. Did you have any moments yeah. where you like had some fun at least? Yeah, I actually organized a uh, like a private dinner yeah. with a big group of um, mostly Tarkov people yeah. and some other friends. And that was really cool just to have like a quiet dinner with, you know, a core group. Yeah. And yeah, TwitchCon is just, it was a lot. Yeah. That, that, that experience was um, a bit eye-opening for me of just how much the community has changed. Yeah. And the, I think the rumor now is the next one's going to be in Vegas. And I've already started telling people I'm not going if it's in Vegas. <laughs> I hate Vegas so much. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It's good for two days or three days. I've had some conventions there. And it's just like, yeah. after that, you just want to get back to reality. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really just a monument to everything that I hate. Yeah. Um, so I go there sometimes for like concerts. Like yeah. my partner and I went to see Lady Gaga um, yeah. when she had her residency. We went twice actually because she really loves Lady Gaga. Yeah. And that was awesome. But it was like, I wanted to be able to teleport to the concert and then yep. just to teleport away. Like, I just don't want to experience the rest of the strip at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. And as as I get older, I don't want to be around crowds. I just want to, you know, I don't want to deal with that. I just yeah. want to go do my thing and that's it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Wait till you get older, Anne. It's, yeah. you're going to, the Montana's Oh, I've been like that since good. I was probably like 15, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, I've never really enjoyed that. And I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm not interested in gambling. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm a person who goes to clubs or bars. Yeah. So it really just, you know, Vegas doesn't have a whole lot for me. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. Like, I walked by and there was some lady dropping $1,000 coins in the slot machine. It's just, it just, I don't, it just, I don't, yeah. No. no I'm right there with you. It's, it's, yeah. Yep. So now, outside of, um, you know, TwitchCon and streaming and everything like that, I see, you know, you've got a guitar back there, you've got a keyboard, I've listened to some of your music you there's some good songs there. Are we going to see a maybe Thank a collaborative you. between uh, you and uh, Nikita, maybe? So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I I used to do a lot more music than I do recently. Um, now with streaming, it's really just hard to find time for yeah. like anything else, pretty much. Um, that's always been tough. So I have I have my like music stuff here with all the best intentions of actually using it, but um, it's tough finding time for it. Now, what what did you learn first? What instruments did you learn first to play? Well, um, I mean, I my family had a piano at home ever since I remembered. My yeah. mom had like a baby grand piano, and so I don't know if it counts, but I just like you know would kind of mess around on it. Yeah, um, I did. I took piano lessons for a little while, um, with a very interesting woman who lived in what I'm pretty sure was a haunted house. Oh no! And. Yeah, I remember very, she had a very, it was like one of those old Victorian style houses in the Midwest. Yeah. And yeah, she was a, she was a character. So I did that. Um, I took singing lessons for a little while. I didn't really like that. I liked yeah. singing, but I just didn't like the lessons. Um, and then guitar came a bit later. Yeah. So. And what, you know, where does your musical taste fall into? What are some of your sort of music favorite musicians or bands or is it like across the board tool okay yeah it's probably my favorite band of all time um i listen to a lot of mostly metal or like progressive um stuff so uh recently i've been listening to haken um i listen to a lot of deftones i've seen them in concert a few times yeah. 
Um, Pink Floyd is another big one for me. But I also listen to kind of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Beyonce fan. Yeah. So cool. That. Any uh, any of what concerts? Any favorite concerts that stick out in your mind? It's like wow, that was that was one of the better ones. Um. Well, seeing so I. I, I appreciate Lady Gaga as a musician. I don't yeah. love her as much as my partner does, yeah. or I, I didn't anyway. And then when I went to the concert, I think I became kind of a convert. Yeah, You know, she's singing mm. a lot more of, like, jazz standards and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing rather than um, her normal pop music. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on pop in general, so that was kind of eye-opening for me, and that was that was a really cool concert. Yeah, um, cool. Um, uh, I've seen Beyonce a couple times. That was really cool. Um, and then I saw Tool recently, like two years ago. I want to say, yeah. I don't know, time is an illusion. Um, and that was that was awesome to see them in person. It was pretty much the Danny Carey show, which was fine by me because yeah. that guy's awesome. So, nice. and now all of us have this, you know, this band or this musician that we sort of found recently that like we want other people to know about. Do you have any that like? People should like, yeah, this this group is pretty cool. Um Well, if you like metal and you haven't listened to Haken, they're like a good one. Um yeah. they have this album called The Mountain, which is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Um and other than that, I listen to a lot of uh like instrumental stuff while I'm working. So yeah. there's um this guitar player named Nick Johnston. He has an album called Remarkably Human, which is one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Era recently, which I know probably a lot of probably a lot of Tarkov people especially are going to be familiar with because I think they are featured in some streamers, yeah. uh, like music playlists. And then I have a, a weird affinity for um, like Norse music. Oh, okay. Uh, so Wardruna and Hylong and Salulo are a couple that are um some of my favorites all right cool yeah speaking of instrumental so you know as i think we talked earlier about star wars you know star wars is big in my house i have a son when he was like seven he would do battles and he would have his iphone with spotify playing the star wars music in the background while he's doing his battles like oh that's genius i wish yeah i wish i had that when i was younger but yeah that's great yeah but speaking of star wars where what was your you know entry point to star wars was it the movies tv shows or video games um i think it was probably the original trilogy when i was a kid which is funny because i think i'm like the only one in my family who's actually watched all the movies i am pretty sure that i don't know why i just like i mean i've always liked you know sci-fi stuff yeah um the expanse is one of my favorite series both the the show is really good but the books are also fantastic Mm -hmm. um so I've always been like interested in like space sci-fi stuff. I know that people prefer to call Star Wars more of like a space odyssey, I think. Yeah. Something like that, space opera. Um But yeah, so I think I watched the movies when I was really little and then I played of course um like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. And that kind of stuff when I was younger. And the books are a more recent kind of discovery for me, mm-hmm. I would say maybe within the last like six or seven years I started yeah. and then I once I started listening to audiobooks and like reading the books I just got super addicted so. yeah yeah the the Clone Wars series was really good from an animation standpoint I think that was you know 
some of the best stuff they've done. Um, what was your take on Rogue One? I always like to get people's op opinion of Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Absolutely. That's I, 100%. Yeah. You know, it is so good. It just, yeah. it, the thing I really liked about it was like halfway through it or three quarters of the way through, I was like, holy crap, nobody is going to survive this. And it was just. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And that last. Yeah, like, I, I love the original trilogy. Like, mm -hmm. it's always going to have a special place in my heart. Yeah. You know, the the newer trilogy, the, well, I guess the prequel trilogy, um, you know, that definitely had its, you know, its highlights, Duel of the Fates on Mustafar between, you know, that whole lightsaber battle that yeah. was really sick. Uh, Darth Maul, of course, was really cool. Yeah. Um, the new trilogy had, you know, it it is one of the movies of all time. Um it exists and but rogue one was just something else rogue yeah. one and um andor also yeah andor was phenomenal oh 100 was so agree. good yeah. yeah boba fett let me down though that series there's just some moments I haven't watched in it it's there's i i have some vindication on that one because i when they announced they were going to make a boba fett tv show i was just like who cares about Boba Fett? <laughs> and I know that like people love this character oh, because he's got yeah. like the cool helmet, you know, the and like rocket in the back. Yeah, his, he's got the ship is cool and like whatever. But like if you think about his his entire saga in in the original trilogy is yep. him falling into a Sarlacc pit. Yep, that's it. That's all he does. Mm -hmm. And so I I've always thought that that character was so overhyped. Yeah, for no reason other than being like a Mandalorian, which like the Mandalorians are really cool. Right. The actual Mandalorian show was mm -hmm. pretty good. Yes. You know, I liked it. Yep. Um, but I didn't even watch the Boba Fett show. And then people were talking about how it wasn't very good. Um, however, Obi-Wan was also trash and yep. Obi-Wan's a cool character. So, yeah. Um, I think it's just Disney that it's just not. Yeah. Well, at least they hit, they hit Star Wars Park with Andor at least that was, yeah. you know, that was really, good. I'm hoping for more of that. I hope that they realize how successful that was. And, um, I'm, I'm nervous for Ahsoka because I know that they're probably going to be bringing in Thrawn. Yeah. And he is, he is hands down my favorite character in the entire series. Yeah. And if they fuck it up, I'm going to be really mad. Mm -hmm. Well, in the, in the last three movies, there was just some moments that were like, you know, space Leia scene was just like, where she's like floating like ah oh, there was just some cringe moments yeah. there. So like that I feel like wasn't handled very well, but I also think that it was kind of stupid for people to be like you know, how did she do that? Because they've they've had that in the past where they can use the force to right. like survive in space. But the way that they filmed it I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. Um as a as an avid Star Wars book reader, I was also pretty annoyed at how much of it they basically they basically came in and were like this this part of Star Wars is not canon anymore. Right. But we're going to take ideas from it and put it in our movies. Yeah. And I was just like, then just make those movies instead of being like, we're just going to rip pieces out of it and then put it in here, even though it doesn't make any sense yep. because we just ignored the rest of it. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. It was basically just, I mean, they rehashed the original trilogy. It was. Yeah. The, I, I really liked, I liked Ray's character a lot, but at the end when the old woman is like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Ray. And the lady's like, Ray, what? <laughs> like, who would, why would some old woman in the desert be like, what is your first and last name, right. stranger? Yeah. And then she's like, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> and like, looks into the distance. I'm like, shut up. That was horrible. I don't know why anyone uh, thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some head scratching moments. But like, like you were saying about the candle, like, Mara Jade was a really good character. I don't know if you got into her. And then she's just my love. Yes. And she doesn't know. exist. It's like Thrawn and Mara Jade are like the two, my two favorite characters. Exactly. Yeah. She's such a good character. She's such an interesting story. Right. 
And they're just like, no, she doesn't exist. And then, you know, the most, the confusing thing to me too, I'm still, I don't understand. So in the books, Leia and Luke have Jaina, Jason, and Anakin. They have their three kids. Yeah. And then Mara and Luke have Ben, Ben Skywalker. So why did you take the same name from the books Uh and apply it to Luke and Leia's kid in the movies? You couldn't have picked a different name? That was so weird to me. Like, that was just the height of, like, them not having any imagination of their own, where they're like, Ben, that's a nice name. We'll just give it... Like, what? It was weird. Oh, yeah. I I completely forgot about the twins, the Jason and Jaina. That was... Oh, Yeah, that's... See, that's the series that I'm reading right now. It's... um, is Jaina and Jason. Yeah. Yeah, they just... uh, Yeah, there's some moments I just don't get. But anyway. So, um, any big plans for this year? Any trips coming up? Uh, Well, yeah, I'm going to be going to Montreal. Oh, that's right, um, yeah. Next week. Yeah. For the Rainbow Six Invitational. Um... And then other than that, I really don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a homebody. I like I like being at home. I like yeah. my routine. And I had a really tough December when so for my partner and I we went to France yeah. to visit her family for Christmas. I got extremely sick oh, on no. Christmas Eve, um, and had to travel home, just in like pain of oh. suffering. It was really bad. Um, so I'm I'm happy to just be at home right now. Yeah. and I'm not not really looking forward to traveling i'm looking forward to seeing my partner again since she's in montreal right now but oh, okay i just you know uh so any chance that i get to stay home i usually take <laughs> it so uh, so how long is she up in montreal for uh she's been there for about a week yeah they're doing like the group stage of the tournament right now um and then it goes through the 20th so, oh wow yeah so it's almost she's for the whole time, she'll be there for about three weeks. It's a long haul to be away. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I, this yeah. time, I mean, you know, I'm supposed to be going there uh, next week. So at least then, you know, but then we're both not home. And, and we have a cat and a dog. Yeah. Um, so they stay with my sister while we're gone. Oh, to give you an idea of how big Star Wars is in this family. So years ago, I had two cats, Luke and Leia. We had a dog, mm-hmm. Obi. That's just cute. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm old. So I remember going to the drive-in in '77, seeing the first Star Wars, and that that's was cool. yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's big in this house. So yeah. Uh, any sponsors you want to give a shout out to that that have been there for you over the years? Um. Yeah. Well, I think right now my my only sponsor is Logitech. Yeah. Um, I was with a different peripheral company for many years, yeah. and. Um, I wanted to make the switch to Logitech because I just generally prefer their products. Yep. They have their um, their like partnership with Herman Miller, which was a big deciding factor for me too because we spent a lot of time sitting. Yes. And um, I this I mean, tech like technically this is kind of an ad, but like I'm not actually sponsored by Herman Miller. Mm-hmm. It's just that I freaking love my cheap. I know they're they're <laughs> so expensive. Like they're gonna cost you your firstborn, but it saved my lower back. I was having like crazy back pains um before i switched so yeah Yeah, with the amount of sitting that you you do you know it's yeah yeah, you need to have a good chair and you can't go wrong with the herman miller that's for sure yeah yeah well hey thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it It was really nice meeting you um before you go though you the the tradition on tardux we're hitting our this is i think will be like 80th episode is to call out somebody in your circle that you think has a good story that should come on uh well i think you've already you've done 
podcasts with Baz, Baz already. And Ames. And Ames. Yeah. Um, what about Mags? Miss Magpie? Mags I have. So you got to twist yeah. her arm because a couple of people have suggested her. So I don't know if she's nervous or whatnot, <laughs> but we may need some. some Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe. But, you know, yeah. So, you know, just let her know that it's, you know, it's been pretty painless and, you know, it's easy going. Yeah. All right. Mags, yeah. you've been called out by Anne. Yeah, and others apparently. <laughs> yes. Just, but I can imagine maybe you know it's it's a it's nerve wracking sometimes to to be on something like this. Yeah. You know? Well, hopefully it wasn't too painful. No, no, no. I'm I mean I'm comfortable with it, but cool. not for everyone, you know. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.